Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, and getting better. We got a big episode with a big crew. I'm Ben Hansen. Um, this is my voice. I'll be using it throughout the rest of the episode. I'm joined by one Sarah Pazersky. Hello. Also, jo- I'm never second. I'm so excited this time. Yeah, I like to shake it up here. We're also joined by Jacob Geller. Hello. I'm opening a white claw. Because it's Whoa! 7 p.m. in North Carolina. You wildcats. We're also joined by community manager Haley McLean. Hello. I don't have a fun drink. Sorry. That's fine. Just pretend. Uh, just make slurping okay. noises. You'll be set. Uh, also joined by Janet Garcia. Good Lord. Hello. Hello. Uh, big episode here today, everybody, because we're talking about the Mortal Kombat reboot. Actually, sorry. <laughs> um, we're recording this before we have seen that presentation, so we know that it seems like it's going to be a reboot. I'm very excited about if it. If we had seen it, it's all we would want to talk about. Man. Absolutely. Dude. Jacob. Hey, bros. Uh, I made fun of Mortal Kombat for a long time in my life, and then I visited uh, NetherRealms for a Game Informer trip, and as part of that, I, like, dove deep into, like, Mortal Kombat, the last reboot, and then 10 going into 11, like... I freaking love Mortal Kombat now. I will. I probably will be doing a reaction stream on Max's YouTube channel for that a revealed trailer and all that news. You can check that out on YouTube if you want our hot takes on that. Also, Hot Take Central. Look somewhere else for the big thoughts for LEGO 2K Drive. Um, I'm excited to play more of that game after the preview. It's out this Friday. Um, but uh, there's uh, this other game called Zelda out, and it's really tough to peel yourself away from Zelda when you're tight on time to, to dive into LEGO 2K Drive right now. But I do want to play more of that open-world LEGO game, so I think Jeff was checking it out a bit. Um, Haley, I'm glad you're here. Cool, thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, normally, we're just on party chat together for our bonus podcast, but uh, you seem like a huge Zelda fan. So it's like, hey, we're doing the deepest dive on Zelda right now that's in the bonus podcast feed if you're a Patreon supporter, but then also up on YouTube where we talked about um, basically exploring the northwest corner of the map for hours and hours and hours and hours. So that's the core chunk, but it's like, it'd be a shame not to talk about Zelda, uh, about Zelda a little bit on the main podcast here. So I wanted to bring you in, Haley, because how, how much have you played at this point now? Uh, I think I'm at like 40 hours. Wow. 50 hours. What? I work week. <laughs> Literally. And I work too. So <laughs> I'm just playing like as soon as I'm done work. Like I literally was playing it up until the time we started recording this podcast. I'm having so much fun with it. That's bizarre. Are you a completionist? Are you trying to quote unquote mainline it or what's your strategy here? I'm just vibing and running around. Yeah. Something I care about this yeah. time that I didn't before was the the compendium. I'm weirdly into the compendium this right? time. Right? Are you too? Oh, I just, yeah. I, every time something new, I'm like camera on. I like shove my camera at it. It's fun. Yeah. I think it's just um, it being in the first game. I feel like I kind of probably just forgot that it was really in there. I, you know, I had a couple photos, but not much. And now I'm like, why make the same mistake twice? Like, I can right the wrongs of the past. I am a little bummed that the photo quality with the camera is really bad. Yeah, Which is odd. It's like worse than just screenshotting in the game, which seems like a bizarre choice. But, you know, so what if my pictures of the flowers are low resolution? They're going to be there and everyone will know exactly what a stamina shroom looks like <laughs> yeah we'll get the idea for sure i i don't think i've even i don't i don't think i have the camera yet i, I, I have played oh, i don't really? know 25 hours yeah they do kind of delay the camera though it's weird how they hold off on it and they're like you don't know how to use a camera <laughs> it's like kind of hidden on yeah where, like if you don't come across it like you wouldn't you could just miss it forever i feel like uh how's everybody feeling about this gosh darn game 
Let's see, Jacob Geller's thumbs giving up. two thumbs up. Haley has two thumbs up. Janet, two thumbs up. Surprising. Sarah, Let the Record Show was the last to put the thumbs in the air, but they did eventually get there. Sarah, what's your experience with this thing so far? It really, it really does feel like, looking back on my Breath of the Wild experience, it was just kind of like a play test for what would become Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. To me, because Tears of the Kingdom just like takes everything and you're like, wait, this is like way more fun. And, like, the shrines in Breath of the Wild pale in comparison to the shrines and tears of the kingdom. Like, traveling through the overworld is so much more enjoyable with all the options they give you. Right. Like, the new locations are just so much more interesting. And it's, like, you feel like it feels like I'm engaging in the game with the game in, like, ways that I hadn't even considered yet. Right. I, I So am... I look back to my Breath of the Wild experience and I'm like, what was I doing? Like, I, I thought that was great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That blew me away. And it's like you look at the toolbox and the abilities that you have and it's like they're cool, but you just feel like every part of your body and every part of the world in this game is a toy box. And it's like I can't I, I am curious to see how many people go back to Breath of the Wild after Tears of the Kingdom and what that'll feel like if it still a magical experience. I know that's kind of the first time that this new form of Zelda blew our minds, but I do think it'll feel just kind of simple <laughs> in I was, retrospect. I was playing yeah. Breath of the Wild a bit today, actually, because I wanted to do that and see what it felt like. Yeah. And it's weird because I'm getting so used to being exploity. Like, with the, there's so many ways to, like, go up mm-hmm. or, like, cheat something to rewind it and hop up that way or whatever. Yeah. I was trying to go up, a, like, a cliff, and I was like, oh, like, it just immediately was like, this sucks now. But it used to be <laughs> revolutionary and, like, the I best way to, to get climb? around. Yeah. yeah, I feel like stamina, like I haven't been, in the last game I was so concerned about stamina, mm-hmm. and in this game I'm kind of like don't really care because there's so many like other ways to get places that you don't really need to invest everything in stamina just so you can get from point A to point B. Right, right. It was like, I, I had a little bit of an epiphany recently, like my last play session, it was like the first time, I don't know why it took so long to get to these, but I finally found like the, the rocket Zonai part. And like the first time just like, I think it's in a shrine where they kind of teach you like, put it on your shield, and it's like, Okay, this is this is changing this entire game. Just that little fusion possibility there. It's ridiculous. I do kind of wonder if uh, since I'm assuming we all played Breath of the Wild for a long time, you know, like the the thing where if you buy Civ five after it's been out for like five years and it has like 80 DLCs. And if you were trying to play it for the first time, you'd be like, I don't even know where to start. Like there's so much extra stuff here. Right. I kind of wonder if someone didn't play Breath of the Wild, if they would be completely overwhelmed with how much stuff you can do like that, you know, stamina and cooking and gliding and like all of these stuff that we are super familiar with from Breath of the Wild, you know, if it'd be overwhelming or if it's just like if everyone would get how uh, cool and open it is immediately. It's a good. Yeah. Like, I wonder what percentage of people have only played Tears of Kingdom. I imagine it's pretty small, but yeah, those people are probably confused. Did you did you see the sales figures that came out today? Ten million already. Ten million Uh, in three days. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what Scarlet and Violet was for comparison. Do you remember, Janet? Because it was also like a staggering number out of the game. I'm not sure, but it was like obscene for how um, that game Yeah, this out. game works. It <laughs> yeah, bad. <it's> a- <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, whoa, whoa. We got to take the celebrating back. Uh, Scarlet and Violet, yeah, also sold, sold 10 million copies in three days. Uh, wow. So, yeah, I guess you know. That says what? a lot about society. <laughs> Does it? Unfortunately, <laughs> wake up. We're the problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Janet, didn't you, did you marathon Breath of the Wild before jumping right into this? 
Yeah, I wanted to beat it, you know, um, I have to choose my words more carefully here since I can't swear. But a lot of people are like, you're not going to finish it because you didn't finish it for all these years. And it's like, so what? You can just you yeah. can do it at any time, you know. So I um, yeah, I did the last two Divine Beasts, got the Master Sword, got all the memories, killed Ganon, went to sleep, woke up the next day, hung out at GameStop for way too long to get my physical <laughs> version of Tears of the Kingdom. And I was not, I'll tell you this, I was not alone in that community of people who either didn't finish Breath of the Wild Ooh. or there was a, an amazing uh, person who like they got, they were the first one like in the long line to get their like stuff at GameStop and they got like the collector's edition, the Amiibo and, you know, sh like they exited the store and people were like, yeah, like you have your game, you know, it's all the me and all the nerds because I'm I am nerd. And then she's like. Yeah, like, I actually never finished Breath of the Wild. I started it when it first came out, and I've been waiting six years to finish it, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to kill Ganon, and I'm going to play Tears of the Kingdom. And everyone cheered, and she drove off in her car. It was awesome. <laughs> kill um, him! Kill him! <laughs> so it's like, yeah, a lot of people, I think, you know, the vastness, but also I think the feeling of not being ready to decide you're done being in that world because I didn't 100 percent right. it but before I beat it it's like there's still the fantasy of maybe I could be someone who got more of the juice out of the orange you know you're fine, um, so yeah went went straight from Breath of the Wild into this seamless experience does, does it feel seamless like what's the biggest shocker I guess for you jumping right from Breath of the Wild into this um I mean obviously the the change in systems is like the big difference in the yeah. game and as well as like I think just how much world there is um i also didn't watch like the last trailer thing that dropped that everyone was like looking at so huh. like the un you know just having like all the layers of the map i think is really um a lot to take in um but in terms of like this like the story and just kind of how the world feels and everything and the familiarity of beating it the night before and being like yeah there's the castle again and now it's different looking you know right um it felt very not quite as seamless as 2018 to like Ragnarok, but it kind of felt familiar. Like we're picking up exactly where we left off. Right. Calamity Ganon's taken care of, but there's all these questions in the kingdom still. And now we are exploring those questions and more things are coming up. And now we have a whole new, you know, situation to deal with. Yeah. I haven't really um, dove into the depths of the internet to see what people are creating with this so far. But even it's interesting, like in our deepest dive discussion, having like Leo be like, I think I found a couple areas where the game's just kind of broken and if you use this method over and over again you can get through it but that's kind of the thrill of the game at least for me right now is just like it feels like the type of game where it's like you think you can break it good are you having fun doing it who cares like i'm sure there's going to be some min max strategy that's just locked in like within six months of this thing but i don't know do you all keep your nose to the grindstone do you feel like people are already obviously laying out like oh, okay just do this and this and this over and over again the only thing i've seen is like the several war crimes committed yes. against korox <laughs> yeah. like, okay i have the seen babies. zero spoilers whatsoever but right. i have seen like 20 different ways to roast a korok and like commit like uh, crimes against the geneva convention like that's all <laughs> i've been seeing oh you mean the final cutscene of the game <laughs> like I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything. Link goes to hell. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, Jacob, do you have like a biggest surprise from the game so far? Actually, getting to play it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I it it is so much. So like, I I played Breath of the Wild on a Wii U. I didn't have a Switch until like three years after it uh, well, look released. Look at this guy. I, I, I love Wii U. I know I'm it was so cool um, a few of the proud <laughs> I, I think it's I mean it is incredible that 
this is again as i felt about breath of the wild just like one of the most beautiful games hmm. ever made in ways that i almost can't even i'm just like why does like standing in a field looking up a hill in this game look so much better than than you know so many of the giant incredibly expensive more powerful hardware open world games i've played and i don't know if i just like know that it's all kind of for real and i can just like walk around that hill and it's just kind of organically happening like they're uh, not doing it for me uh but it's just like playing this on a on a 4k tv and it's like this is the best that like 900p has ever looked I you know? know i just kind of can't believe the level of of technical achievement and also in terms of technical achievement the fact like that that this seemingly has one of the most kind of complex physics systems just in terms of like not in terms of even all of the possibilities but just you can put 40 things in a pile and they all just stay in a pile and they don't like vibrate in right. the stratosphere you know yes. like i just kind of the the magic going on behind the scenes to make things just work quote unquote blows my mind because we've seen so many games not be able to do that i know i maybe we'll get a gdc talk if we're lucky but like i feel like there's this industry push of just like everyone else in the industry looking at this and be like how did they do this like i've seen a couple developers out there be like i cannot wrap my mind around something like this is possible and especially in an era when so many things are busted so janky out of the gate i mean it's going to be interesting looking at like starfield later this year like of course that's going to be janky in a, in a way um but it's just so bizarre how solid this thing is on uh, basically wii u hardware like i know the switch is a notch above but i mean this is some old tech at this point and the fact that it is stable and like you said there's not just like turning a corner and seeing things just like in that unreal style just like drop and lock in place like okay i know that thing just loaded like it, the fact that it feels consistent even though yes there's going to be pop in yes i'm not saying it's a complete technical powerhouse but for the switch and just on a physics basis like it is wild how stable this thing seems and and it, you know i've seen i've seen people saying which i'm sure is underplaying the challenge required of all this but just kind of like Imagine if we stopped doing graphics horse racing and instead focused mm. on stuff like this. You know, it's like I would give up ray tracing in a second. I don't <laughs> care how reflective things are if you could, like, have physics that felt like this. Right. I can rewind any object. Yeah, OK. The water looks nice versus that. Like, OK, uh -huh. it's just a complete slam dunk. Yeah, it's absurd. Uh, Haley, do you have a biggest surprise so far? Um. I guess I'm surprised how I'm kind of playing it exactly how I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Even, and it still feels new, though. Like, I'm doing the exact same thing I did in Breath of the Wild, like, ignoring the story largely. Like, I didn't really engage with the story for the first 20-something hours. I just was like, oh, shiny, and, like, ran over there, and then <laughs> right, 12 right. things happened on the way. And I thought this time around, because I was, like, Janet, like, I put off beating Breath of the Wild as long as I could. Like, I just liked exploring, and I didn't want it to be done, so I just never finished it, and then that made me feel okay about that game still being a game i'm technically playing um so i was like oh, i bet this time around i'll do more story right away and get like abilities faster because then exploring or exploring is easier but i'm not i'm doing the exact same thing but yet it feels different somehow i don't know how they quite mastered that but they did it really well yeah i'm still like i'm not one of those people that had the world of breath of the wild like memorized no i played it in 2017 and loved it but like it 
The I, world looks. I don't recognize anything. I'm really? like, okay. okay, me neither. I'm yeah. I'm like, should I recognize some of this stuff? Yeah, other than like the castle, and that's maybe it. I guess if I tried to remember, maybe one of the like, you know, like there was shrine. a volcano. You know, the, I remember yeah. that there's a volcano uh-huh. in both games, it's but like, that's about I, it. At one point, it's like there's lightning. I remember the lightning, but it is. <laughs> it's oddly so foreign despite being yeah. having mm-hmm. i think so many of the same general things you could do like i could say i'm doing something in tears of the kingdom and it could sound like breath of the wild but then when you play it it just plays totally differently like you're still knocking out shrines and investigating things but yeah and it, it is plus there's like technically multiple maps now in a way too so oh, like yeah extending mm-hmm. your gameplay like times three now and also how, like oh. how are y'all managing your time with that because frankly like i've just been on the regular earth and i'm like should I try to get up there? Like, how do I get up there? Like, I haven't, you know, I've gone underneath a little bit, but I am so almost in a good way overwhelmed by how many directions I can go in because not only is it all the regular directions, but it's also the verticality and the directions yeah. within the verticality. So that is, that is a bananas thing. I feel like I'm kind of saving it for like, once I get some more Zonai tools and stuff, I'm going to actually focus more on like island to island to island. But for now, I'm just kind of treating it like I want to explore Hyrule. I'm loving so much just getting derailed from my mission and just finding secret upon secret upon secret and just constantly finding new avenues. And then, like, if there's some way to get up there, I'll maybe check it out. If I get a new tower, then I'm like, I'll I'll dive around and check out those sky islands that are around that. Or if I see, you know, a big chunk land in front of me, it's like, okay, the game wants me to go up there, so I'll go check it out. But every time I I go up there, I just feel like, this is going to be an awesome playground. I'm just, I'm not ready for you yet. Like, that's how good this game is. Like, I'm on the world's greatest playground, and there's, like, an even bigger one next to me. Like, let me enjoy this slide for a while first before I go hop the fence yonder. What I like about up top, too, is they, they lead you back down below with, like, X's on the map and stuff, too. Like, mm. you'll find a map, and then it's like, oh, something really cool is in the basement. Like, oh, and then I'm like, I'm going to the basement, and I, like, run down to go get that, <laughs> and then that leads me back up to get something else. Like, they want you to be constantly cycling between all the different areas. How is it not annoying to have a game that is this good at pulling you in different directions? I feel like so many other games that would try something like this, it does just feel like, pop up like hey why don't you go over here why don't you try this blah 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 blah. and just to have a game that's just like you constantly feel like you're in control and you're the one that's like no this is a power move for me to go investigate this area and it's fulfilling because of that i think part of it is how much they only give you a little but hints at a lot at least for me um like talking to the npcs like this is the most engaged i've been with npc conversation i think in my entire life and it's because it's not always just like sometimes it is the case of you talk to someone they're like i need you to fix the cart that my horse has or i wish i had a horse and then they're like go get the horse objective and then you can do it but a lot of times like more often than not it's you know you're peeking through a cabin and someone's talking about you know this legendary uh snowboarder basically in the the hills and they don't you know i don't have that part of the map there's not an objective pop i have no idea when i'm going to even find this but i'm screenshotting them because i'm like maybe i'll go to my pictures and kind of reread it and i think zelda's always kind of been good at that even on a smaller scale like i i went and i'm continuing my minish cap playthrough and a lot of minish cap is also like that because it's not traditionally objective based because it's such an old game that it's just like flavor text and then you have to deduce what that flavor text ends up meaning granted in minish cab i do think the it's a lot more limited so you might hit those walls of frustration more because the only thing to do is that next thing right. well this is an open world 
Also, Link's in the Sky there, too. So I'm like, it's just the same game. It's, it's different. A, it's the same director. That yeah, makes sense, man. Uh, I also feel like it, like, it never feels like the game is giving you a checklist because I always feel like I'm ignoring the checklist. You right. know, it's yep. like, yep. I'm like, the game wants me to do this, but I'm going to go over here. And then if you talk to the developers, they'd be like, no, we want you to go over there. Right. But like, <laughs> it, it feels it feels like, it's like no, you didn't. I am, you know, it's like ignoring the main quest to do what catches my eye feels good. And I think the intended way of playing is do whatever catches your eye. But like, you know, the fact that they're not. No, no one ever tells you like. Hey, why don't you go do side quests for a while? And and right, you don't right. need anyone to tell you that because you were just making that decision constantly. Yeah. In God of War, they kind of tell you that, to be honest. Yeah, they're like, should we make our axe stronger before we go fight this guy? <laughs> make sure <laughs> no. you go back and get that lady a horse, you know? And this is no shit. You know, I love the side quests, actually, in that game as well. But yeah. I do think it does a really amazing job, to Jacob's point, of kind of hiding that and like letting you making you think you're getting away with something by adventuring but really the whole game is that adventure right uh sarah have you made any monstrosities yet no i'm not so much as someone who likes to over engineer as much as i like to engineer as little as possible and see where i can get with like the absolute bare minimum right like Like, my laziness has known no bounds in this game (laughs) i like the game wanted me to walk like around this giant you know, crevasse in the sky. And I was like, I don't want to walk that way. So I literally spent 10 minutes chopping down trees to make a mega log bridge so I could just walk directly across without having to, like, detour around. Right. So I'm I'm learning a lot about myself through playing this game. <laughs> it's good. Sled and a hot air balloon. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Two pieces. Sled, hot air balloon. You hold a torch. That's it. You and go. you could run for president on that platform for all of America, Jacob Geller, by that, the way. Actually. Everyone gets a, a chicken in every pot, a sled in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haley, any uh, final thoughts that we haven't hit that you're dying to express from your 3,000 hours with this game? Uh, 3,000 hours? The only thing that's not in it that I'm upset isn't in it is when you whistle for your horse and it tells you, oh, the horse is too far away to hear you. Because that was in Breath of the Wild and as far as I can tell, it's not in that and that's driving me crazy. That's because weird. I'm like, whistle, whistle and the horse doesn't come but like nothing's telling me he's not coming so I'm like waiting and then he doesn't show up for like two Maybe minutes. Maybe the horse keeps missing you, you know? <laughs> by the time it gets there, it's just it's like an Uber and I'm like trying to flag it down. I think it's trying to nudge no. you. Like, you don't need the horse anymore. You got cars. Everyone knows cars are better than horses. Horses went extinct for a reason in society, Haley. You gotta build that car. <laughs> horses are extinct. Oh, I didn't, oh, I yeah. didn't know that. It's a common Uh-oh. knowledge. Um, okay, uh, we have a lot more thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, but we won't uh, double up too much. But please check out The Deepest Dive in that bonus podcast feed. It is Leo Vader and Kelsey Lewin and Jeff Marchiafava. And ladies and gentlemen, after all that naysaying, Jeff Marchiafava likes this game a lot. So we got him, folks. Uh, so you can check that out in The Deepest Dive. Uh, it's going to be kind of a rotating crew. We're going to have other folks join us. Kyle, who's finished the game and is refusing to stop playing it, uh, he's going to be joining us at a certain point as well, so keep checking out those updates. And their uh, first episode, spoiler-free. We talk about kind of the first bigger thing, but like story stuff, we talked about the opening, and really, that's about it. So don't worry too much about that. It's mainly just a place to unpack the system. Sarah, you seem skeptical. Are we just all glossing over (laughs) that the... Father and mother of Hylian civilization <laughs> is a hot goat man and a Hylian woman. Um, like, that is... 
I'm every not. Time I'm I never going to gonna get over that. I'm going to die on that hill. You go to the shrine. You do finish it. It's their fucking wedding cake topper. <laughs> every <laughs> time. They're, they're really. Do you see this? Think, uh, do you like every this? time I go there? I'm like, that's mom and dad. Like that's yes! like, like the thought I have every single time. Wait, I, I've seen a thing that's like those two, and it's like, hi, Link. We've been uh, looking at you from across the bar, and we really like your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's awful. Speaking of inappropriate twos of Kingdom thoughts, though, I don't even know how I'm gonna where the sentence is gonna go because I don't want to actually say what it is. But Let my boyfriend rip. did point out so like. He's like, so Link's hand is that other hand. So yeah. like that has a lot of other implications. She's like, he's right-handed and it's his right hand. This well, is Link's a family-friendly podcast. Oh, is Link left-handed? Famously. Yeah, I don't know if they officially made a canonical switch at some point. So all Except thoughts for the are yeah, so it's all good. the Twilight Princess. Except for Skyward Sword. That's right. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, I guess so it he's fine then. Everybody's fine. So Sarah, do you like the idea of goat people kissing humans or, or you're a I'm so that? into it if oh, it was like a Kindle too. Unlimited book that I would 100% <laughs> read Wait, Sarah did is it just me or like the goat guy I'm like this is this not Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye like that's what I said they're literally <laughs> called the Zonai and Outer Wilds are called the Nomai yeah, what? it's literally okay. the same thing. And they just turn the letter <laughs> sideways. I'm Come so glad now. Nintendo finally played Outer Wilds. <laughs> That's what took this game so long to make. All right, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Check out the Deepest Dive for a lot more discussion on it. Um, Haley, um, we need to make room for a certain special guest, but we honor thee and we thank thee for joining us on this Hear Ye podcast. Do you have any final thoughts uh, before you bow out of here? Uh, community looks cool. Yep. I think yeah. we'll talk more about it. Uh, sweet, Haley, uh, thank you for doing a good job in the Discord. Uh, and you thank still, you. you're on your crusade of giving an emoji reaction to everybody who posts on the Pets channel still? I have not missed a single pet awesome. uh, in like a wow. month. Hell yeah, yeah. perfect. Sweet. Very dedicated to that. Uh, you want to clap on out of here? Sounds good. See ya. Bye. Mark McDonald, welcome to MinMax, sir. Oh, long time. First time, long time. <laughs> yeah, we had John Ricciardi on before, I guess. He beat you to it. Sorry. You're supposed to be on during GDC, but you're too busy being cool and partying and all sorts of nonsense. I was trapped in my hotel room giving demos. It's the very opposite of being cool and finger-gunning GDC. Um, <laughs> I did manage to not get corona, though, which is um, more than I can say for much everybody else who i know <laughs> yeah to GDC, so yeah if you left your hotel room you're basically doomed uh but thank you for being here mark uh you have a game that just came out this freaking week that's right uh I, i've it's been referred to as uh the game to fill the time between uh playing tears of the kingdom i think uh, okay. uh, most recently was my favorite comment from people but uh humanity humanity for steam ps5 ps4 Etc. And and honestly, it's fine. Like it's a it's a kind of a chill puzzle game. It's kind of meant for that, like to play in little chunks. So like, it's cool. I'm playing Zelda as well. I had to skip your Zelda discussion because I'm so early on in it still. But uh, no harm, no foul. We'll be around after after the hundred and sixty hours or whatever. That's <laughs> whatever. <right>. Yeah, <laughs> Zelda is as well. No hurry. Yeah, no, humanity. No, no shame. And, it's a, humanity will live on forever, no doubt. Um, let's see, uh, Mark, this right. is uh, Janet Garcia and Jacob Geller. I don't think, have you met either of them before? I don't think so. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome. Hello. Except for five minutes ago, but, uh, but hello. Yeah. It doesn't really count. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> no Mark, one saw it, so. uh, this is Sarah Podzorski. Have you count. two ever met before? I don't, you really I look don't know. familiar. 
<laughs> uh, so you two work together at 8-4. I, okay, I was trying to take a uh, dorky dive and it's like trying to find- trained her up for you, Ben. Yeah. We, she mm. cut her teeth. That is true. Oh On the A4 Play podcast. She was a early, she was a mid-level Pokemon and then grew while, while there to the, uh, the giant, what type Pokemon would you say you are, Sarah? Legendary. Legendary Pokemon that uh, it's like the legendary that evolves. I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to find Sarah's like first episode of the Eight Four Play podcast so I could go back and listen to it. And like the best I could do is I just found one kind of like in the middle of your run, Sarah. But it is it fascinating. It was the Christmas one. It was, was it the Christmas? Christmas one. I thought I remember. I remember because they needed bodies, and everyone was had it. Everyone had like Christmas things to do. And they were like, uh, like, Sarah, you're available. Like, come fill in. You were immediately, to be fair, you were good out of the gate, Sarah. You were a natural. Oh, and thank it you. does not surprise me in the least that, that this is what you're doing now. Who you're doing it with, I mean, okay, but, uh, but the you fact do. that you're doing this, <laughs> it is it's absolutely not a surprise. Yes, you have sorely missed. Sorely missed on the A4 Play podcast. Every remote episode. JJ's dynamic was was something mm-hmm. special, I think. Yeah, you guys got to get her back. Like, every time you do a remote episode, I'm screaming just as a fan of the podcast. Like, why isn't... I want to hear Sarah and Tina on the same podcast. I feel like they would lock in so quickly. And when are you coming back to Japan? More more importantly, when are you... <laughs> we could do it live. When are you coming back to Japan? God, I would love to. Currently, whenever whenever I'm free from podcasting, working, and streaming... New Patreon milestone. New Patreon goal. Yeah. Dude. Uh, <laughs> chubby Acorn. Hey. Yeah, Chubby Acorn actually wrote in on Patreon to say, with Mark on the show this week, we got a mini 8-4 play reunion with him and Sarah. As a longtime fan of 8-4 play games, Japan, Japanese games, and a more recent supporter of MinMax, I would love to see a MinMax goes to Japan travelogue with Sarah reuniting with uh, her old 8-4 folks and uh, go to the old stomping grounds. Uh, we were would- gesticulating for know, the... For the- I know. Both listening, like why? Why aren't we doing this? Why is this not happening? Ben is going to be gone for a, a few months, yeah. and so while he's, he's handing gone, over all the financials, <laughs> Ben's going to be gone. Send one of the other main company credit cards across the world. <laughs> Jen- credit card. You're all. You're all here next week. Let's do it. There's a Nintendo Land. Got to spend money to make money. You know? That's right. Uh, genuinely, no promises. We have talked about it. Sarah and I have probably talked about it more than people think, and. There was a slight hiccup, but we definitely want to do it as soon as possible. But that might be a little while. Is that the best way to put it, Sarah? That's it's not up to me. It's if it was up to me, to I'd be to gone your already. Child is a hiccup. <laughs> no, yeah. not me. To be clear, I, I'm bowing out. I'm glad you I want, said it. That's what I was thinking. No, I want Sarah. I was going to go. clap there, but I didn't want to accidentally transition out to the yeah, next. Yeah, that's next smart. Thing. That's smart. Um, well, hey, uh, I realized like ten minutes before this podcast, I was thinking about like connections for everybody, yada yada yada, and then I realized like, oh my god. Having Jacob Geller and Mark McDonald on the same podcast. Jacob, do you know what game Mark helped write? No. Metal Gear Rising. Really? Oh, are you are you a fan? Yes. I yes. I look, I've I have made uh within the last year maybe one of the most visible uh pieces of Metal Gear Rising critique uh on the internet. Um, big YouTube if, if you're, was it a YouTube video. If you're familiar with the the video, why does metal or yeah, why does Metal Gear Rising keep getting more popular? Uh, yes. Which ends with the statement, and then you rip out his fucking heart about uh, everything that Armstrong represents about the world writ large. So uh, that's amazing. I did get that. I did get that uh, video recommended to me thoroughly 
enjoyed it. I, I actually went back recently to the script to find out who put in Make America Great Again. It, uh-huh. like, was it was it in there originally or did the translator do it that way or did I edit it that way? And um, I'm not going to spoil that here, Jacob, but we'll let's do another video. This we'll is do a your scoop. Next, yeah. Do your next video. That'll be a, a nice tease for your next video. We can go in deep that uh script yeah i that 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 script was a ton of fun i've talked about it before but um he went way off the the japanese at the encouragement of the team and then they actually came back and redid the japanese based on the english and um whole final armstrong fight was um uh they we adjusted that a few times there was a lot of tyler durden and uh George W uh, the younger Bush there it was like neocon and Tyler Durden anyway yeah we I could talk about that for forever but um I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you uh you enjoyed that that was hey, a, it, one of my it, favorite it is as good now as it has ever been <laughs> genuinely <laughs> is that do you feel like that's uh, your biggest claim to fame outside of Tetris effect and humanity obviously which we'll talk about do you feel like in the past thing is so hard to on? choose Ben I know I, know, I, I just... know but if you had to man just one do you feel like that one comes up the Does most it... No, when when I get stopped on the street here in Tokyo, <laughs> usually usually it's for my EGM work. You know, usually they're fans of Electronic Gaming Monthly, the ni- the nineties early aughts Japanese magazine. But um, sometimes it's uh, the One Up Show, you know, with uh, that I was there early on, and yet other times, oh, I. I I don't know what, what. What am I most proud of? Do you mean or what, I don't know, the uh, thing that people bring up the most? Like when they find out you work on it, they're like, "Oh, sh-. like what? Fire Emblem Awakening, right? It was a big Fire one." Emblem Awakening, yeah. The, the 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 games that I I oversaw a lot of games uh, at eight four, but the games that I participated in the most, I'd say, are Fire Emblem Awakening, uh, Metal Gear Rising, Dragon's Dogma. Um, yes, it's weak against ice and fire. Yes, that was some of my work and then um it's the uh uh, monster hunter monster hunter of course although i can't take as much credit for monster hunter was like a perfect amalgamation of a bunch i mean all of those games had had a lot of people working on translators and writers but i had a heavier hand in the ones that i just mentioned monster hunter was a lot of um sky brian gray kind of set the tone and um a lot of of other great people uh Crispin Boyer, who I used to work with at EGM, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. Now that that kind of like reset the tone around the time of Monster Hunter Try, back when no one gave a shit about Monster Hunter. <laughs> so kind of started to around that time. And then now with World, yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see what it's become. But um, yeah. Uh, so my greatest hits, Ben. Okay, cool. Thanks for running down that. Um, <laughs> that was weird. You started launching. I don't know who even asked. Uh, Sarah, did you like, did you work? with him directly a lot was it just the podcast like what was the project that you overlapped the most with i i remember i worked a lot with mark when we were doing xenoblade chronicles x right. i think i remember him being in the office the most and then when i came back in 2016 mark was like transferring out to enhance and he was just mm. kind of like part in the office part out of the office um i got his desk spot <laughs> checked out senioritis <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I was like, I'm lemonade. back, everybody. And Mark's like, oh, bye. And I'm like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> See you for the podcast. <laughs> and you're like, screw this. Mark's gone. I'm out of here, too. And yeah, you, it was you Mark. It was Mark leaving. Much, and then I was like. You didn't stay too much longer after right. that. Writing's on the wall. You get it. Uh, well, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Mark, congratulations on humanity, man. Um, 
Okay, Thank it you. did it. I know you've been working on this thing for what five years now. Yes, five, almost six years. Uh, a long, a long time. Jesus. Uh, came out. Reviews are glowing. Like uh, I know it's a, a gross number, but what eighty five percent of Metacritic? Like, is it about where you expected, or what's your biggest surprise so far with the launch? I'll be honest. Like, I usually feel like I have a pretty decent. So, like I, I mentioned before, I was I was a critic or a writer or whatever back in the back in the day. So I feel like I usually have a decent. Metacritic. We make like bets about Metacritic and stuff all the time on the on the uh, the A4 Play podcast. But this one, I'm too close to it for too long. I really didn't know like um, if people would get it or not. We kind of had heard from some some early reviewers and some people asked for more codes, um, which is always a good sign. Um, and I saw you know the um, people making levels and things like that, uh, which. Sometimes you just it has a level creator, but sometimes you don't have time for it. But if you're into it, like you might hope to see that. Um, so I, I didn't want to get. I'm kind of cautiously pe- pessimistic, though, as as a personality in general. And so I was kind of trying to temper my expectations, especially compared to the other other games that we did on Enhance. We've been very lucky so far, you know, with um, with Tetris Effect and Res, both reviewed incredibly well. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm just feeling really happy. I'm just happy people got it. You know, it would be like, it'd be one thing if, if, um, people had uh, dings against it uh, that were fair and, and there are, um, uh, I've seen some that I like agree with, but overall, just the fact that people got it and got what we were going for and are enjoying it for what kind of, yeah, the way that we hoped people would, would, would view the game has been like really gratifying especially like i said after after five years or six years of working on something that's ridiculous yeah uh, full disclosure here um humanity sponsored the last episode of trivia tower that we had uh yeah thanks for the help so Lying our review our min max review that we paid for there <laughs> right. when is that because i didn't see that in our metacritic i'm uh, counting on that to get us up a couple points yeah we'll post it on patreon it'll be a private thing for okay. the hundred dollar tier but maybe metacritic folks can find it back there i'm not exactly sure how that works uh but a hundred dollars but we paid we paid uh 1500 <laughs> that's right that's right uh but just disclosure there's that but then also oh. this mark mcdonald uh on the podcast this was we wanted to do it after the gdc thing didn't quite work out and also full disclosure jacob keller played through this game before he even knew that the trivia tower sponsorship thing was happening. Uh, and Jacob Geller, what did you think of humanity? The, the new puzzle game? I, well, I guess just to, you know, like get the ethics in line, I'll name all the things that I don't like about it first. Please, just so everyone knows I'm not um, FCC. Yes. Compliance. <laughs> let's, let's make sure we get those in. Uh, no, the, the game rules. Like I, 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 the the easiest thing I can say is like I 100 percented it. I Jesus. got I did all yes. the levels. Wow. I got all the gold guys. I like, oh my god! Wow. You know it it like, and I don't really consider myself like a puzzle gamer. I don't I don't Man. play a lot of strictly puzzle games, but there is just a combination of like the the visual novelty truly never gets old i mean just the the hook of the game is there are a billion little guys on screen all at the same time and like i never got bored of that but also (laughs) i found like 
the puzzles themselves I found really uh like approachable, you know, and they were they were like I felt like they were more kind of conceptual puzzles than technical for the most part that like it was kind of like can you can you understand the concept that this level is going for? And once I got that, then you could generally complete it versus like really finicky little like, you know, you've got 99 pieces, but you don't have the hundredth piece. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can't complete the puzzle. There weren't many of those, which is usually my hold up in things like this. So I yeah, I I just like the whole thing really worked for me. It's weird to have a puzzle game that like if you just stop, you don't even have to stop. But if you just think about what's happening on the screen, it's funny. Like how many funny, silly puzzle games are there that still technically work well. And just like that level of chaos where every once in a while it's like, where is this guy going? Just having those emotions (laughs) in a puzzle game like this are so rare. Or even just the whole Goldie thing, right? So we should, Mark, do you have an easy pitch? Do you want to summarize what this game is? Just wham, bam, run through it. Yeah, uh, so action puzzle game where you are out to save all of mankind, you being an iridescent Shiba Inu. So... Um, you get a lot of comparisons to games like um, uh, uh, Choo Choo Rocket or uh, Lemmings, um, but you're you're controlling this ever marching, ever forward marching crowd of people via little commands that you lay on the ground as the dog. So you're running around the level actively in real time as a dog, but dropping down commands, kind of like you might in a tower defense game, guiding those people like turning, jumping, etc over obstacles, through things, all to get to the goal, which is to exit the level. And then um, semi-optionally, kind of like stars in a Mario game, there are these goldy giant people. They kind of look like Oscar statues that only activate and walk alongside once once the people touch them. But getting them to the goal, you have to have a certain number of goldy, again, like the stars in Mario, to progress past kind of gated checkpoints in the game. But in general... Those are like an optional added bonus. So like you can solve the levels a little easier, but to solve it and clear all the goldie is a more tough challenge. And then the other thing that you get from from getting those goldie is you unlock bonus awards, mostly cosmetics, but a few kind of uh, game mechanics and um, and other little bells and whistles. Yeah. And the like the fun thing is that that almost every like most people are uh, entirely disposable in a way that is again very funny where it's like you, you will inevitably like place a arrow going the wrong way and just look over and there will be like thousands of people plummeting <laughs> off a cliff you know just like going but the gold guys are not you know it's like you only have them and so you have to kind of set up the level where in general you might be okay with like you know thousands dying to get to your goal but the gold guys actually have to get there in one. And so you have to make sure that everything's kind of functioning smoothly. I don't. Is that how you think about things, Jacob? I, I'm not. I'm never OK with thousands of people dying. <laughs> oh, um, you know, messed up game. <laughs> yeah. It must be some kind of serial killer. No, no. I mean, hopefully the game. I mean, that's one of the things about the game that um, it's, uh, you know, it has like a it's kind of like a light little narrative that runs through it but but hopefully like there's a few points that are at least um kind of poking at more like profound you know a little bit weird uh, philosophical stuff maybe sometimes but one of the things that noticed in watching people play play through it is 
how you kind of get deadened to <laughs> to the idea where at the start people are like, oh my God, oh my God, one person fell off the edge. Oh my God. And then later people are like, this is distracting. I'm just going to divert this giant crowd of people off a cliff so that I don't have to like, so I, I don't have to like think about them. So hopefully the game makes you notice and think about the, the, the kind of uh, things that happen kind of naturally with them being little people. But yes, the game, I don't know if you checked your stats. The game does also keep track of how many people. Oh, yeah. Uh, four, 480,000 people died during my uh, 100% run In through. my completionist run, if you <laughs> That's right. there were 480,000 deaths. Worth it. It is, it is weird how invested you get with the goalies. I found like even in the demo, it's just so fast. And I think part of it's the name. I don't know if I think of just Goldie the Gopher from the University of Minnesota. But it's like, God, I just it, immediately it's like you care so much about them and it's so weird again in a puzzle game to have that feeling of like okay you're thinking going through it trying to logic your way through it and then it's like all right we're picking up goldie this run it's like game faces everybody mm. just to have like pockets of like intense pressure in a puzzle game is kind of a rare thing we wanted to have like the, the nice thing about the goldie is <clears throat> to be honest speaking as the developer it's a nice kind of it's not a get out of jail free card but it's a it's a safety valve as far as difficulty and, and balancing and ramping up, right? right? So, like, you can leave it up to the player to a certain extent how much difficulty they want to add to the level, right? So, are you a completionist? Oh, no, I feel like I didn't really do that level unless I got everything. Or if you're somebody that's just like, you know what? I kind of, this level, I didn't like it. So, I'm just going to clear it and go on to the next thing. And, and that's also part of the reason why every level has a solution video built into the game that shows That's you how so to smart. just bare minimum clear the level. It, in fact, it avoids the Goldie. It will, <laughs> the video, they go out of their way to avoid the Goldie if they have to, um, just to leave that part up to you. And what it's like an extra step, whatever. I'm sure it's all up on YouTube now already, sure. uh, whatever, but make it one little extra step that you have to go through if you want to kind of spoil that part for yourself. Yeah. The, uh, the presentation is, Phenomenal. Uh, it, it, it's so wild. Like, I mean, just the simple things of like when you complete a level, just like the big base boost, which I know you're all about over there at Enhanced Games. But it, Jacob Geller, I'm curious, um, as a as a lore nerd, um, did this game grab you? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things that I like about it, I'm actually I, I'm writing about this for a thing that will come out in a little bit. But I, I, I compare it to, you know, not in gameplay, but in feel to something like Katamari where it's mm. like it kind of there there are these ideas that are very present in the game but they're also so abstracted that you can almost make it about whatever you want you know so it's like clearly there is the imagery is evocative enough that it gets you thinking about something you know but it's like that <laughs> something can be it's like it can all you can make it very literal you can be like this section about war is about war or you can kind of like analogize it as far as you want you know in this way that i really i like the tone that the game hits where it is like it is it is written in this kind of like funny philosophical way but it's also never like, here's the thing the game's about. Like, when you look at these people, right. think about this. It's more just this kind of like, we know that having 10,000 people on screen is like going to make you think about something. And that's kind of enough. You know, you can take that in 
whatever direction you'd like to. Mm, that's great to hear. I'm I'm really happy to hear the comparison to Katamari, which is, you know, is got to be in my top 20 of all time, but for, for a bunch of different reasons. One is that that game was also born of a, a Japanese designer, not not game designer, but like illustrator designer, right? Keita Takahashi. And, and this game uh, is Yugo-san is the same way. This is kind of the first... He's done some kind of interactive game experiments before, but this is his first real game, and he was heavily invested in it. And I think um, we got a lot of comparisons and internally early on saw it as a lot of like those early PS1, PS2 games, Katamari, like IQ, uh, Devil Dice. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of them, but that were, were a little different. They were very visually focused, but also a little bit different uh gameplay wise and so that was we really leaned heavily into that um one of the things that my last six months has been a lot it's been taken up with is the um trailers that we made we made these kind of live action love letter trailers to the early japanese ps1 ps2 trailers, which if you, if you haven't seen them go there's a youtube uh video an hour and a half that has them all from ps1 launch to like S3. They're literally 15 seconds long each, so it is just like bam, 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 bam. Um, but they are amazing. Um, and so, yeah, hear, hearing that, we're always really happy to hear people be like, oh, this feels like something Japan Studios have made, or like, uh, feels like something from like early uh, PS, the PlayStation Network or, or PS1, PS2 stuff. Yeah. Like, we take that as like a high, high compliment. And I mean, I do feel like Enhance probably has it's almost cheating but like the best list of video game trailers I mean I think that like that first Tetris effect slow, go slower I'm writing this down <laughs> let me find pencil pencil and paper I need to write this down yeah I'm, I'm kissing your ass here but like the the Tetris effect trailer like the announcement Tetris effect trailer I think is like one of the great video game trailers just kind of period but then this one also just with like i mean the music of the game is so weird and interesting and this whole kind of like digitized choir and again it is like it is such a game of imagery that you're just able to like put shots of the game on screen and it is what the game looks like while you're playing it and just you know be like what is happening here? How can this be what the game is? And then it's very nice to play the game and be like, yeah, that is that is what the game is. There's something weirdly soothing about it. I'm only a couple levels in, um, but one, like it jumps you in really smoothly. Like I like the way the tutorials are laid out, the way it kind of is unlocking mechanics, but like not mechanics you necessarily need out the gate. So it just, you know, makes sense to kind of piecemeal those. But yeah, your mention of like the kind of choir sound, like this game is in a very lighthearted way, like very religious to me and like godly in its presentation. And I think it <laughs> is a fun play on the idea of you being like a godlike figure as a player, because there's a lot of times games take that perspective. And this is mm. one of them, even though you are the dog, because like just the amount of ways you can manipulate everything. And but it's kind of presented so casually that it doesn't have necessarily. I mean, it can have the weight, like Jacob says, you can kind of impose whatever meaning you want to. But it kind of adds to the like silliness of it the like the explanation is so convenient in these levels that it's self-aware and that's what's yeah. kind of fun about it I, I definitely do think that it does harken back to 
weird PlayStation. Like I saw this game and immediately thought of Echo Chrome, even though yeah. this mm-hmm. is not a perspective totally. game. But and this is also much simpler to wrap your head around than Echo Chrome, which I liked every Echo <laughs> Chrome, but it was very hard to, to start playing yeah. that game. So I I really like that aspect of it. There's something very soothing about it. And, you know, it's funny because you mentioned mm-hmm. like, obviously, everyone's playing Tears of the Kingdom and it's a tough time to be like for any other game to get attention. But frankly, mm-hmm. like with it being so, so quick to hit the level, so satisfying to get the stuff like this is the first game where, you know, I like I pulled over to like my boyfriend who loves puzzle games. I'm like, I think you need to play this. Like, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's it's quick. It's simple. I think there's what, like 85 levels. Again, you could be, you know, pro gamer Jacob and 100 percent it and spend <laughs> I don't know how long it took you to do that, but um, it kind of just has a little bit of flexibility in that and there's something just really nice about being i think in a small level space as well you know kind of reminiscent Mm. of my experience playing captain toad on like the nintendo switch where it's like okay it's contained Mm. but it's really satisfying to pull off it's another game yeah captain toad is another game like we looked at uh a lot when making it and and yeah your point about godlike feeling like we 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 noticed that as well and to play around with that in different ways especially in vr if you get a chance to play the game in vr it's just you know these little like teeming ants that you are in control of and in, in doing your bidding and it's triggering some weird i don't know entirely positive part of the uh of the 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 lizard brain um but yeah and something else we noticed is the um some reason that the like the soothing satisfying aspect of it that's why when you solve a level it starts it just sits there and starts rotating and we noticed in user testing a lot of people would just sit there and lean back and be like oh yeah ah look look at what i have wrought you know like <laughs> ah, I, I did this like this clockwork contraption thing that you made now work and they would just kind of sit back and put the controller down you know and, and we find out later cuz we would ask them what was going on there but this is kind of like satisfying smug kind of uh feeling that they had going on and i think uh we we tried to play that up then like as much as possible yeah the funniest thing about that is like i would do that too right like because i think it's such a natural reaction um and i'm like oh i'm waiting for the guys to get especially before i had the fast forward feature too so like one time i did that like early on it's like level three or something and i'm sitting there and i'm like these guys aren't coming out (laughs) they're stuck somewhere (laughs) and i had to go and like look and kind of reconfigure like what's the traffic jam that I created? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny too that you can just kind of end up having these pools of people stuck in places. Like early on, like I didn't like have people climb enough, but then I realized I left like a cluster of them behind. But again, you don't need to, to Jacob's point about the precision. Like it's not like you need to get a hundred percent of the people in that light to have complete the level. Like I had one where everyone's like three people are just spilling over on the side and I'm like, it's good enough you know it checks yeah. the box it gets it done gotta break some eggs gotta break some <laughs> eggs to make that uh make that humanity omelet so leo yeah. and i last year talked a lot about uh the vr game the last Clockwinder, and this uh this hits mm. some similar like uh, pleasure centers of like you are not really like you're not solving the puzzle. You are giving directions to other people to solve a puzzle. And so then it's like it is it's the the kind of fantasy of full automation where like generally when you finish these levels, they're not just finished once. They will continue to be finished forever. You know, it's just like infinite people pouring out and infinite people pouring into the goal, which is just like it's yeah, it, it kind of feels it feels more solid as a solution to have that rather than just like if me the dog 
had to push all the blocks and do mm-hmm. all the things. I'd be like, great, I guess. But knowing that like they did it and will continue to do it is just this very satisfying feeling. It's, it's interesting. We th- early on before the dog existed, there we were struggling with um, the 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 dev team was thinking about a lot. So should it be just actively like? you know, tell the people, should it just be disembodied and you just are commanding the people? Should there be an in-game character that you're controlling that does it? And kind of what are the pluses and minuses of that? And um, uh, for a time, the idea was going to be that you were a, a human, that like just some special different different human somehow, one person that was like a leader guiding the, uh, the other people. And it wasn't until we got the dog that, like it clicked that it, once we saw the dog, it was like, okay, everybody looked at each other. Okay. Yeah. That's the answer. I think back to one of Ben's earlier points is that it kind of, I think it could be mistaken, especially given some of our trailers and like the music and stuff as this very serious kind of ponderous, like right. what is life in the universe? Like humanity, like, psh, like an old, you know, perfume commercial or something like really, <laughs> really self-serious. And, what I what we wanted to do with the trailers and also just the, just the fact that the existence of the dog in the game and that you're playing the dog that's controlling the people kind of was kind of like a wink and like hey we're not taking ourselves to that seriously like this is a game that's meant to be fun first and foremost I felt like that was a very clear signal to that and then to your point Jacob yeah it felt good to actually abstract it one layer like besides the platforming and stuff that you. Uh, that you get to add into the game and separating out where the people can go and where the dog can go. And sometimes they diverge and sometimes the dog has to jump in the people to get to certain places. Um, the fact that that added a lot of, you know, wrinkles to some of the mechanics, that was definitely a plus, but also just, yeah, that feeling that you weren't actively doing it. You were indirectly doing it one layer removed seemed to add more to like strategy and thinking uh, behind the game rather than making it like a more pure action game and now it's just like a you know a hail mary for you it's such a lucky thing like okay for when actually marketing the game i feel like that dog is just that's uh <laughs> the derringer in your boot of like okay we know we can get people's attention we'll have a cute dog in the commercial barking at the screen put a vhs filter on top like that's so much easier for something to grab onto for people watching like a state of play or whatever you know so i yeah i I was really worried. Uh, I mean, everybody was so supportive of that idea early on internally, uh, but I was really nervous about it, probably the most nervous about it. I think I wondered if it was going to be too weird for people, if people would get it. It's kind of a couple layers to go through. It's like, the reason this is in VHS is because it's a parody of Jap Japan only <laughs> Uh, thing that hopefully you've seen on YouTube and we kind of tried to reinforce it in a bunch of, of subtle and not so subtle ways. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was like we saw the dog and I was there for the filming and we had the dog with the VR helmet on and these like very obviously fake paws go up with the little PS5 controller. It was like, all right, if we get nothing else out of this whole thing except for the image of that dog wearing a VR helmet and <laughs> fake controller in front of him. And you're going to be seeing a lot of that, trust me, in the future. Like, 
I'm going to beat that thing into the ground on Twitter. <laughs> the dog? Oh, God. Instagram, yes. That dog is it's already been beaten hard many times uh, during filming That's the commercial. That's your snippet, everyone. But um, yes, oh, it's all, P- all very on the up and up PETA approved. That's right. I will say they, they do say don't work with, with, with kids and dogs in filming. And even though our dog was lovely, I understand now why that is. It's, uh, it's very difficult. You nightmare. can't reason can't sit them down and reason with them they take uh copious breaks they're they're very coddled <laughs> if, I, if i say so myself uh uh-huh. it's like five minutes Damning five minutes on dog. 15 minutes off that's right that's right back in the back in the 20s when you could work a dog never work in this industry again <laughs> back when dogs really worked god damn it uh no uh this uh this game no-co, is no go it's it's a tough one to like she's a treat to, to convey like talking about it, I want to say hey from the creators of Tetris effect but it's like what, what there's an asterisk <laughs> on that because it's it's some it's Eight. another creative director's idea and that's more of a design company and so the development team oh. are is the development team with enhance then or is it still another group so it's a amalgamation like so similar to Tetris effect which was our collaboration with this developer uh Monstars this is a collaboration with THA and so it's really intertwined um if you had to lay out like everybody uh crossed over into everybody else's um work like like any team will when they're working together but in general um the the high level ideas and mechanics and all of the visuals and all of the story um came from tha um from the partner and the level designs and uh, game progression and everything that is kind of hard to explain. It's kind of all the like gamey, gamey side stuff, which is like, hey, when you clear a level, let's make it feel better. And what if there's like a shine? And when you get the get the things, what if it goes bing bing and it feels more satisfying right. that way? Not just those window dressings. Definitely like also stuff about. Uh, boss designs and pacing and just like everything, all of that came from the uh, from the enhanced side. So it's it's like really a really close collaboration. It's really hard to like pick out uh, particular particular things. Even the story, you know, the story was all written by Yuko San, but um, the the English version had many different people uh, touching it. Um, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, all right, it's on PlayStation, it's on Steam, uh, playable in VR for PS VR one and two. If you're interested in that, um, but optional uh, VR, yeah. And it's also, also the t- top tier. What's it called? A PlayStation catalog title, which I didn't know. Oh, what PlayStation they call Plus it. Extra. Extra, and then what's the top one called again? Premium. Like, premium. Oh, yes. That sounds right. I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can actually play it for free uh if you have those things so and there is extra, a big yeah. yeah there's a big um user generated content side um that people are making tons of uh really awesome levels already somebody made this donkey kong level i was playing yesterday is really oh, you have right. to make of course mario 1 1 and donkey kong are like the first levels that you expect but somebody made a metroidvania Ooh, um, what which I hadn't third of, thought of at all, and then when I saw, it, I was like, "Oh, shit, yeah, you could totally do that because you can, you can pick up, you can set levels to where the mechanic 
It's not, you're not granted it from the start. You could actually pick it up in the level. And so actually made it called, it called mini Metroidvania shout out to that level. Um, you're checking it out anyway. Yes. Yeah. So the, that that's been great already because a lot of people are on there making those. That's the whole reason why we launched into that. A one, we wanted to have a big community of people making stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's sweet. Make cool shit, people, please. Oh, stuff. Make cool please. stuff. Yeah. People, come on, please. man. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Uh, I'm all right. Sorry, kids. That's a uh, humanity. <laughs> uh, Jacob Geller also, you've been playing a game called after us. Yeah, it's it's funny to go from two games that I am like red hot on to this game that I'm like, ah, you know, it's it's good. Okay. Um, but I did I did finish it and I did want to talk about it because I, I, I think it's interesting. So After Us is this game that has recently come out. It is. Um, uh, gosh, who made this? Uh, Piccolo is a developer and then Private Division is the publisher. Right. And it, it is. um you know, kind of in purely mechanical terms, it is uh, just a platformer. It's a pretty good feeling platformer. You have like an air dash, you ha- you have stuff. But it is really kind of, I would put it in the same category as like Little Nightmares in that it's a game where the the appeal is like, there's a lot of visually really distinct and interesting level design and you're kind of tiny in a big world okay and and so like these places that you're running around are all of these kind of like surreal nightmare versions of um you know of like things that exist in the real world and like that is both the coolest thing about the game and the kind of biggest ding against it because the game is like i am I am obviously I like when games are uh, political. I talk about, uh, you know, liking political messages and whatever in games all the time. This is the most like thuddingly obvious kind of like it it, it is like an after school special version of like environmentalism and consumerism (laughs) where like literally there is there is a level that you go to and there is this voiceover that's like uh, all, all of the humans in the game are called like the devourers or something. And it's okay. like, this is where the devourers went to worship. And guess where you are? A shopping mall, baby. No! Uh, no! And, and it's just kind of so it's like, you know, and then going around the mall is like really visually cool. And there are like interesting things that you do. And there's like a slaughterhouse that you go to. And there's like the the ocean and it's like oh my gosh it's overfished and so like you know there are all these things that are really fun to play but it is like it is truly so on the nose that it is like almost unbearable sometimes okay okay it's it's an interesting combination of things where i like i did really i enjoyed playing the game enough that i like i i rolled credits i i had a lot of fun with it but it is it is funny for me to be like okay pull back the political stuff like a little you know like i get i get it i'm on board keep politics out of games just a little bit just like halfway out of games jacob geller that's your other pull clip yeah you got it uh after us yeah it said may 23rd i think for when it's coming out on steam at least i don't know if that's if it's out other places now or whatever but after us is the name of that thing um let's see hey uh jacob do you know how this whole thing operates 
uh, millions of tiny people marching across the land to give MinMax money. <laughs> That's how it works. Wow. Hey. This is how it's done, Mark McDonald. Patreon hey. 101, baby. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's. Find a tier that's right for you. If it's sustainable for you, then we are sustainable. So check it out, everybody. Uh, are you ready to be on a real podcast here, Mark? Are you ready for this? Uh, I don't think I am, actually. I'm, I'm looking at my background for people. Look, the uh, You can tell that uh, four of these five people uh-huh. do this. For, <laughs> we have this like for I have the most, like... Like, I'm like in pr- Japanese, like prison, Japanese office. He doesn't even have LED to... lights. Yeah, where are your LED like need... lights? What are you doing, man? No, I need, I need some lighting. I need some characters. I need like a plushie or two. I'm looking around. May I offer you the IKEA Calyx shelf? The What's Up Gamers <laughs> of Furniture. Yeah, Jared Petty I have said. that too. <laughs> yes, I have... We all have this. <laughs> might have that exact same uh, shelf in my main, <laughs> in my actual apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my office is a little sparse here, but. Uh... I, I get have it. Some stupid character. And you're fine. I will right remind here. you though on the eight four play podcast. I think when John Johannes was on, uh, you said, "quote John, why like don't you say that?" Yo- Johannes. Johannes uh, is out of this. Johannes is like the original Swedish. I forget how to pronounce his name. But you said on that episode, "quote to John, go do some more shitty little min max level stuff." <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew you would listen, and I think I referenced it. I knew you were listening. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It hurt, man. It really hurt. Anyways, I was gonna say, you ready to be on a real podcast? Hey, guess who's supporting us this week? Stamps.com, ladies and gentlemen. Oh! That's right. Check them out. Stamps.com. Uh, Janet How Garcia. How did you land that? I want some of that stamp money. It's it's a what big the get. Uh, Janet Garcia is the wow. biggest fan of Stamps.com. I brought it up like, hey, I think you're gonna be a sponsor. And Kelsey Luna and Janet Garcia fell to their chair because said we use this every darn day. Uh, they say, hey, every part of the team matters for small businesses. We're looking for maximum efficiency with a small business like MinMax and. Kelsey Lewin's business and Jenna Garcia is shipping things left and right. So you can focus more on what's important with your business by just taking care of everything else with stamps.com. It's like having a USPS and a UPS service right in your house. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. With stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started uh, for 25 years. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. That's older than Jacob. Uh, So you can set your business up for success when you get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code MINMAX, two ends of course, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitment or contracts, just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, enter code MINMAX. There is a link in the description, everybody. You can check it out there. Also, thank you to HelloFresh for supporting MINMAX this week. Uh, Mark, you know when you're hungry um, and you want to like feed the family, but like you don't got much time? Well, God, do I, Ben? Do I ever? Well, You're going to find that out soon. I know. You're going to find out what that's like very soon. I'm going to be living solely off of HelloFresh meals at that point. Uh, nothing but HelloFresh. Uh, it is delightful just to have a package of good portion ingredients waiting for in your fridge. So check out HelloFresh. They want you to know that flavor is in full bloom at HelloFresh. Enjoy the taste of spring with chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door. HelloFresh does more than just delicious dinners. Not only can you take your pick from 40 weekly recipes, 
recipes. You can choose from over 100 items to round out your order, from snacks and easy lunches to desserts and pantry necessities, as they put it. Everything arrives in one box on a delivery day that you get to choose. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash MinMax16 and use the code MinMax16 for 16 free meals. You can feed a stadium mm. with that. 16 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash MinMax16 using the promo code MinMax16. They are America's number one meal kit. Also, thank you to our friends at I Am 8-Bit. Uh, they want you to know that available right now at their store, you can get the full soundtrack to the Super Mario Brothers movie. You can get it on vinyl, you can get it on cassette, you can get a CD, uh, you can get the uh, seven-inch single that includes Peaches, Jack Black song. Uh, check them out. I am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. I assume you know I am 8-Bit, Mark. I'm familiar. Yeah. Okay. Do you buy the res? Uh, buy the res. Uh, the PlayStation version of res and yeah while you're there that's Thanks. right yeah yeah help support i may but check out their wonderful online store you can use the promo code mayflowers no space mayflowers for 10 percent off everything under 100 help support them because they support minmax and support our community in a big way by shipping out a prize each and every week to whoever has the best question of the week and frequently they've shipped out the res soundtrack so we've talked about the res soundtrack on awesome. this podcast quite a bit from that um this that's week cool. they were an early sponsor for you guys right that's yeah. so cool to see that they've been that these are like real sponsors. How did you I know? What's going on? I don't these are like, know. How do you get? I want some of these good sponsors. These are I would great. love to see a Japanese based podcast be sponsored by stamps.com <laughs> or like HelloFresh. Like, yeah, let's just send this to Japan. Hey, that's where our people, you know, that's where our listeners live. I want some Hello for some of that HelloFresh <laughs> sweet, sweet better that's amazing good that's for right. you guys hey I'm, thanks I'm, I'm honestly very impressed yeah i mean it came out so early and it's like oh they're the coolest around and they just seem to get bigger and better and now it's like oh we get to promote the mario brothers movie soundtrack the biggest movie uh known to man get like huge huge stuff man they get yeah yeah. They, they do really, really great work, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, and this week, uh, whoever has the best question submitted over there on Patreon, uh, they win the Mega Man X 30th Anniversary Classic Cartridge, the Legacy Cartridge from i8-Bit, which is pretty sweet. So let's ship that right to your house. So all you got to do is support us on Patreon, submit a good question, we'll choose our favorite, and you get a prize. You can check out the link in the description for promo codes for all those ads. All right, ready for some community, uh, community questions here, Mark? Hmm. Mm. Am I? Okay, here we go. Uh, Zane Dukes wrote in. They said, good whenever, CLCs. Hello, thank you. Uh, I'm loving Tears of the Kingdom, but it has highlighted a big pet peeve of mine. Why do I have a limited sprint that makes me go from slower to slow? Like, who plays Mario without holding down the run button all the time? Am I being impatient, or do video game characters move too slowly in general? Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Um... Yeah, I mean, you like, feel why it. not just turn off the stamina? Why not just turn off the stamina in terms of dash? Right, is kind of what he's getting at here. Yeah, and then you could just have a shorter, quicker. Well, dash, I, I think. Dash. I mean, at least in Tears of the Kingdom, it's like the whole game is how do I move faster than walking? You know, mm -hmm. it's like I feel like if you could sprint the whole time, then maybe you wouldn't care as much about like making a car or right, making a right. plane or like. Sliding right. down a hill, you know, it's like it's like it is slow because there are a million ways to locomote that are like more fun to try and get to uh, versus just sprinting. So they want to make you also. Feel I'm, I'm still early on in the game, but I'm assuming there's you know bigger, faster enemies where it actually becomes a thing to r run away from them, and you're using your stamina, which could be used on other things to get away from them, and and what have you. And so it's not 
uh, that there's probably a lot of reasons some you might not notice uh, as immediately about, about why that would being rid of that would take away some of the fun ultimately. But I do get the like watch anybody play Wind Waker, right? It's like hup, 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 where Link <laughs> yeah. is just being over and over again. And I do find myself already early on wanting that like all the other thing is like, wait, which one is the dash button again? There's the, that game has so many buttons necessarily. Yeah. But holy crap, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so um, but I do find myself I do sympathize with the the wanting to go faster, but I, yeah, at the same time, I wonder taking something like that away seems like a pretty, it would have a lot of dominoes that would fall. Yeah. I think like the last game that showed to me that felt like it was going a little too slow was like Hi-Fi Rush, like a game I really loved, but it's like, well, mm. they're kind of stuck because they want the footsteps to be on the beat. So you can't really break from that unless you just up the tempo for every song in your game. But I remember even seeing gameplay the first time of that game, like, seems weirdly slow and you get used to it and everything else in that game amazes you. Hi-Fi Rush is another one where it's like that dash that you can link three times if you're doing it in time with the beat is like that's fun and a little bit challenging. You know, like it adds game to the non-game parts where I feel like if you're if you could just move fast, then like those kind of become nothing, you know, like the run from one place to another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Pies writes in, they said, hey, this one is for Mark Gaming Jesus McDonald. Uh, Congratulations on the launch of humanity. Uh, Mini golf claps for having the confidence to release so soon after a certain other title that shall not be named. Uh, I've been a listener. As if it was my choice, as if it was my choice. Uh, I've been a listener of the A4 Play podcast for years now, and I can't wait for the Patreon launch. So maybe I can write in questions there instead of using a min-max middleman. (laughs) So... We've been Patreon launching since I was on the A4 Play Very podcast. Very soon, yes. Well, Any we'll day now, it's coming. What? Okay. Once Sarah mm-hmm. comes back, then we're going to launch the, the Patreon. That's yep. going to be a tier. Okay, this is <laughs> this is like the Howard Stern Show, Mark, like full honesty. Just get, just get used well, to it. Here, here we, we go. go. Like, what percentage in your heart of hearts wants to or thinks you will ever launch a page? Is this 100% bit at this point? Because as a listener, I want to scream every time you talk yeah. about it. Oh, it is a hundred percent. We will do it. The, the honest, no. the boring, honest truth. It, it, it is honestly, it is the boring, honest truth. Is that we don't want to do something uh, half-assed. And I say this now. Now I'm really going to not ha- be able to do it half-assed. But we wanted to have reasons for people to actually bef- before we started even putting out like, a tip jar. We wanted to have some reason to do it. We wanted to be able to promise something. And all we've really been able to promise now is that we, you know, hell or high water, we come out every every two weeks. But I'm so busy and John is so busy that that to just stop and take a breath. He's taking this week off, by the way, just to play Smart. Tears of the Kingdom. So, like, no sympathy at all for him. He has plenty of time. <laughs> I, I'll say, let me revise that statement. I yeah. am busy. Uh, I am busy. Wow. Now, who knows? Now that we've launched this game. Uh, we were going to try to time it around a Resident Evil launch, and this was like six Resident Evil games ago. We were like, okay, next big next big Resident Evil game, they'll do the other half of this, the thing, that the Resident Evil history that we did that was well-received. Anyway, have faith, Ben. Have faith. Dude. It's, it, 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 it is coming. Uh, it might be a little anticlimactic if expectation has been building up this entire time, but I want to at least have it a little bit thought through and actually we'll come to you and talk okay. to you about it and hopefully come back on this uh podcast and siphon off some of your uh some of your listeners take them please uh you want to put a steak dinner <laughs> steak dinner on you bone have that 
Patreon launch within two mm. years. Ooh, I like it. Two years. Oh, Cheers. wow. That's very generous. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that bet. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Shake a hand. Here we go. Done. Done deal. Sure, uh, shake. Two, two years from today, uh, May mm-hmm. 18th. Somebody's going to have to remind me yep. about this. Yep. Um, I'll put listeners. it in my calendar. Okay, thank you, Janet. Thank you for being on top of it. <laughs> she actually uh, will, and that's the scary thing. <laughs> yeah, I did it with a um, blessing on Kind of Funny for... He's like, ask me later if G, which is better, like GTA or Elden Ring or something. And like ah. I don't know, six months later, I asked him. Okay. Guess what? Hey, what he was... didn't really have a new answer. I think he said oh. it. I think he he did answer because I made him. I th- I want to say he said, God, I don't remember. I think Elden Ring, but I, I don't remember. He was arguing point, GTA 5 might be better than Elden Ring. He just needed time to think about it. Was that the idea? <laughs> it's. I was like, what's better, GTA 5 slash online or Elden Ring? Huh. And he wanted to give it time because okay. like, it just came out. Like Elden Ring sure, just sure, came sure. out. Okay. He wanted to okay. bake a little bit more. Wait, by the way, Mark, how does um, the release happen uh, so close to Tears of the Kingdom? Are you just what is forcing your hand there? Oh. Well, and in this case, and I, I, I joke is forcing my hand. Of course, we agreed to it. We went into our eyes open. We knew this a long time ago. But as a PlayStation catalog title, mm. uh, they release at a certain time of the month. I, I don't know if it's always the third Tuesday or what, whatever it is. There's there's a certain cadence that's not like a big, big secret. People know about it, but that's that was the date and we it wasn't like this month take it or leave it but um there's no time of the year maybe you've noticed anymore that there's not just like giant triple a stuff happening all the time i mean june everybody seemed to be avoiding may for good reason uh because of zelda with a few exceptions and some things got pushed but june again is just like bam 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 there's no there's no slow summer months anymore there's no slow start to the year anymore it's just non-freaking-stop and those are just the titles you know about right and you have all of the surprise you know uh, indies or titles that kind of that are uh grow or come out of nowhere um so yeah i mean all things considered uh i'm happy to be the game that you play while you're taking breaks, uh, Tears in the Kingdom, and we're on a different platform. So, I remember, I remember when Elden Ring. Speaking of Elden Ring, launched any game came out within a month of that, just like giant crater that that thing created in the gaming industry. I felt so bad for them because you know it was on to the three really big platforms, um, and like just God help you. I mean, there was no oxygen on. Twitter or in the in the press or anywhere because yeah. we were all so infatuated. So, uh, yeah. So I have an isolated different system is different. Yeah. Uh, Alex Britt writes in this. Hey, man, Max. Uh, I went ahead and broke down GQ's top 100 video games list by the year because I wanted to know what was the best year in gaming. <laughs> uh, if you don't know this mm-hmm. list, it was like compiled by a bunch of people from around the industry. They polled and got their 10 games. And so in theory, this is the most objective list of the top 100 games ever made. Um, can you guess the top three years based on the number of games that made the list for the top 100 from GQ? What, are the, what do you think are the best years in gaming here? But I guess 98 was on there. Interesting guess. Anybody else got uh, one? 2007. Great guess. That's number two. I was going to say 2008. I thought 2008 might do all right, but 2007 is number two on the list. That has Mass Effect, Call of Duty 4, uh, Modern Warfare, Halo 3, Mario Galaxy, Portal, Bioshock. So that's a biggie. There's one one year that I always considered the holiest of holies. Later or earlier? It's got to be old then. I don't know. What? Mm-hmm. New things can be holy. 2001? Yes. I don't know why. Yep. No. 2001 is number yeah. one. Okay. 
Uh, oh, hang on. Oh, I've got this backwards. That's right. 2001 is number three. Uh, that had Res. There you go. Res. Uh, GTA 3, Eco, Final Fantasy X, Silent Hill 2, Halo. Uh, yeah, Bananas year for 2001. But there's one year that was top of the heap here. That uh, 20, um, was it 16 or whatever? Janet! I thought 2017 maybe, but 2016 had Hitman, hmm. The Last Guardian, Firewatch, Persona 5, Inside, Hollow Knight, Dishonored 2, and Stardew Valley on that list. Huh. Wow, those are the best games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, good job. All right. I you guess did that it. because I feel like a lot of the people they asked were around my age. Mm. And we were like mm. children for some of those earlier years. We were like, and while you, you get a lot of the hits. Well, yeah. yeah, you get a lot of the hits, like from you know, like oh, I played Yoshi's Island, but like that's like all I play. I played like two games on that console, you know. So I figured it would skew a little bit more modern for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Ninety ninety eight. Does ninety eight even register? I thought that that was one of the ones that had Resident Evil two, Metal Gear Solid, Ocarina of Time, Half Life. Yeah. Um, Grim Fandango, uh, that, but I guess, did, I guess he, did he list like the top 10? He just listed just the top? top three, but I mean, that has to be close. I always thought like 2001 or 98 or 2007 have kind of Message been the Hall Message them back and be like, can you do more data for us? <laughs> Come <laughs> on, Alex, do it. Uh, Tan writes in, they say, hey, everybody, uh, I first knew of Mark McDonald when he was at One Up and on the Broken Pixels show with Sean Baby, Crispin Boyer and others. Do you still keep in touch with the One Up folks? I do, yeah. Actually, um, Dan Shu, uh, the old EIC of EGM who did a lot of one-up stuff, was just here in Tokyo uh, last week. So, yeah, a lot of those people are still still friends to this day. And, and the people who I, I don't in touch with regularly, I'll still see at, like, GDC or I've been industry events now for quite a while. But uh, but I would see back at, like, the E3s and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. By the way, I don't want to you know, take you too much behind the scenes, everybody, but I'm a big one up fan. Uh, and it'd be fun to do some sort of reunion, but not everyone's on board. But then I hear certain no, people on the eight, four play podcast. Happen. What's that? That was going to happen. We were going to make that happen. Ben, if you remember, I and remember a couple people, a couple people on board, a couple people really dropped the ball there. I, I, don't, I don't want to point fingers. I think there was one person who super dropped the ball, but then maybe went on your podcast to talk about how many other podcasts they've been on recently. And it's like, what? <laughs> so, okay, so I guess it's game on, but apparently not. No one will ever be able to figure out who that person is. <laughs> who so can say? Didn't, didn't uh, name them. That's it. And then Tan asks, any favorite memories of working there? What was your favorite EGM one-up era memory? Oh, my God. Uh, boy. Like, I, I will say, something else I should mention is, like, a lot of those people are really high up in the industry now. And so a lot of them I see in like an official capacity um, now and then, but um, had a single favorite memory. Um, there was so many, I guess I, um, this is less about the people we, we got into the initial uh, press conference, Japanese press conference where they showed off the uh, Wii first time they showed off the Mies and they showed off the games and things like that. And it, there was a press event happening in New York the next morning. Me and Sam Kennedy got in, uh, in the Japan one. Apparently we weren't supposed to be there. And so we were like kind of hiding from people as we were setting up our camera and doing a bunch of stuff, but we were able to get made It's silly. I guess it's not silly now. Now it probably sounds even more impressive, but it was like a 12 hour we got ahead of everybody else by, by like 12 hours on 
showing the first games and showing uh, some of the first games, showing the UI, showing what Mii's were and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, we stayed up all night, like transcribing from those little mini DV oh, uh, tapes. And yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't know why that that that's just a red random memory. That's the first one that came to me. But that yeah. felt uh, that felt very satisfying and fun. It felt like you were beating back with a scoop. It was like, ooh, scoop. Yay. You're like, <laughs> and then you that, got, used, that, that, that meant something back then. That meant something <laughs> to right. me. Fat bonuses <laughs> all around for everybody. Uh, Tam Nigo writes in and says, hey, everyone. I just want to say thanks to Janet for recommending the Valari gaming pillow <laughs> on one of their previous yeah. podcasts. Not this again. I got one because oh, wait, of what? this and I've been using it it's to play Tears of the Kingdom. It's a breastfeeding pillow. It's shaped very much like a breastfeeding pillow. It's, <laughs> we all made fun of Janet for saying gaming pillows are actually cool um, and it turns out that at least Tam got a lot out of it. So way to go, Hell Janet. yeah. <laughs> Another one for the washed army. Like, uh-huh. embrace it. Let's go. I'm comfortable I am, and I do not I, care. And and I now am, I have yeah. a, a breastfeeding p- pillow ready to go if I so choose to <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> venture into that point of my life. So who's laughing now? Exactly. I am all I am all about this. I am intrigued and going to look into this. We have several leftover breastfeeding pillows. I have two kids. One's one years old. And those things serve all kinds of uh, com- purposes, all kinds of <laughs> that, that doesn't sound that sound a bit weirder than I meant it to say. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're all friends here. No, I'm I'm deep, deep into uh, pillows and and having, you know, your your arms not. Holding up the controller that can get you know right. that can get very yeah. tiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't I'm sh- comfortable in high roll. I don't know about everybody else. You know, we're all miserable. Basically, we don't have to do with our bodies. We just want like a pillow mm-hmm. with like a cool LED baked into it and a racing stripe or whatever the hell to make us feel like real gamers. <laughs> it does not have an LED baked into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Ricky Winterborn writes in and says, Hey, Courts, I saw a VR app that lets you fill up a virtual arcade with any cabinets you want and wander around playing them. Do you think in the future virtually collecting video games is a viable way to scratch the itch without the need for space or exorbitant cost? Or does it defeat the purpose of collecting if it's not physical at all? No, man. I mean, <laughs> it's it's cool. Look, I, I don't want to say it's not cool, but that's like, hey, does Spotify, like, can that replace collecting music? It's like, no, because someone else owns it. You know, like, the second that app goes down, all, all the stuff that you collected is in the basement of some companies, you know, whatever, with all the other dead servers. Like, there's there's no collecting. If you just want to play those games, it seems like a great option, but it's not collecting. Yeah, it's stuff for, like, it depends, I guess, what you want from collecting. Like, it seems like part of the charm for collecting is showing it off in some way. And I think it'd be tough to be like, you want to see my arcade collection? Okay, just come over to my house, yeah. and then put on this headset, and don't forget to look to the right. There's a really cool thing hidden back there. It's like, it's not, it's not going to be fun. Also, too, like if you I mean if you want to do that, like sure, why not? Like if it's fun for you, sure. But I don't, I don't think it's viable in the sense that part of the mass appeal of having any collection is being inconvenienced. You know, it's it being. You know, I was talking a lot about this with like me picking up Tears of the Kingdom at GameStop, like the 9 p.m. PT release. And yeah, it's silly. I get people don't want to do it because it's archaic and it's like, why do I want to stand in the line? Like that's dumb. And it is. But like, I have vinyl. Why? You right. know, oh, I'm going to lie to you and tell you this. It sounds better than if I just had title or it's something. Warmer. And good speaker. It probably doesn't because it's dusty and it's hard to clean. It takes me like half an hour to listen to a half hour album. And I love it. Like right. there's something mm. about the the intimacy of inconvenience that is appealing for collecting really anything. And you don't really get that when if you would trade it for a virtual experience, because it's not even about necessarily having the things. It's about 
the process, the picking, the choosing, you know, there's so many mm. things that draw people into collecting. And I think very few, if any of those issues get scratched through a virtual VR kind of setup like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But more power to you. Uh, let's see. Adam writes in, they say, Hey, Sarah, and only Sarah, um, what does a social media and marketing manager do exactly? I mean, I think I understand. Such an question. I understand the general concept of the job more or less, but I can't quite picture what a typical day actually looks like for you. Wow, that's interesting. It sounds like to me, it's pretty straightforward. It's in the title. It's social media <laughs> and marketing, but a lot of it is just staring at various calendars and like furrowing my brow occasionally. Okay. Okay. Um, but essentially, what I do is I handle all marketing and all social media. So I get the content, I make the content. I edit the content, I schedule the content, and I make sure that it goes out on time correctly on, like, three different social media platforms, right? Yeah. So it's like, I have to make sure that our game is exactly where the fans are, you know? Like, putting it in a place where, like, if you're interested in this game, I've got it. It's right there. Like, you want to follow along on TikTok? I got a TikTok for you. You prefer Twitter? I have a tweet for you. You like Instagram? I got Instagram for you. So just like being there all the time. All so the like time. people don't do not forget about your game. And what's the name of the game so we don't forget about it? I'm working on right now Fields of Mysteria. Okay. Which is a little like farm retro farm sim, but like I've done this for like other games too. Do you feel like uh with a farm sim, I feel like the juggernaut obviously is like okay we got to get the waifus out there we got to get the people you can marry assuming you can marry people in these games do you feel that pressure of like okay whenever we send out the tweets of like hey look how attractive this person that's made out of pixels in our game are it's gonna blow up it is a it's this is specifically fields of mystery because our romanceables are so attractive in my opinion it is a little bit of like you throw them out there and then it's like a duck and cover hit the deck (laughs) because like i barely see that too hard (laughs) and it's like thirsty 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 i have seen so many replies that are just an image of like a feral dog holy lord (laughs) honestly like it is insane but like it's it's great now fields of (laughs) (laughs) m-i-s-t-r-i-a but like like, it's it's so great to be in this kind of position where like people love what you're making and people love what you're putting out. The keeper out. of the thirst is that what you would say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, just like Strangler. even with our non even with our non romanceables, like we like put out like Josephine, who's a married woman. They're like, can her husband fight? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like he, she is not up for grabs <laughs> right now. So if, like, your boss is ever judging you for, like, hey, we got to get engagement up, you know at any point I can just drop another one of these things and they'll be like, whoa, Sarah, where do you come up with these words in this tweet? Incredible work. Uh, That seems good. Uh, Characters look like they look very, um, like, Fire Emblem inspired, but, like, plus 20% more. I don't don't think I could say on this podcast, but but 20% more... um, Sexy. Let's put it that yes. way. Yes. Hey, very Sailor Moon inspired. inspired. Yeah, very shoujo, I would say. Uh-huh. But like yeah. hot. But okay. why? Like why not? All right. I know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Mintz. <laughs> Stephen Mintz writes in and says, "Hey everyone, uh, please let Jacob Geller know that a student of mine cited Jacob's The Men Who Couldn't Stop Crying and Other Unbearable Realities in a research paper about death of a salesman, and Ooh. and he got an A." Oh. So congratulations, hey. dude. You did it. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, so if you weren't aware of this already, Jacob and Mimex's audience extends to high schoolers. That's weird thought, but there we go. That's no, why we got to keep look, it clean. I've given, I, I, I talk to high school classes sometimes. Really? Yeah. You just like zoom in or something? Mm-hmm. There is, uh, yeah, there, there's one that I've, uh, been, do you know, uh, do you know Matt Margini? Uh, no. He's a, a former, uh, like, kill screen writer has written, like, a boss fight books, uh, and stuff. Uh, he has a high school class that I talk to sometimes, and they're cool as hell. That's, you know what? Nice. You want to hear the saddest thing in the world? Um, my, like, video production teacher in high school was, like, super influential for making me fall in love with editing and Final Cut Pro and all that stuff. And so I sent him an email out of the blue a couple weeks ago. It was like, hey, so why don't you know, like, I really appreciate your class and really set me on this path. And here's like my journey in the career. And and I didn't want to like fully invite myself back to the high school to like talk to the kids. But I was trying to like inch it that direction. By, Fishing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, how's your class going? What type of things are you learning recently? Zero response. I didn't even get an wow, email back from this dude. Mm. Well, you know, what? what is it, May? Emailing that teacher in May, Ben. I mean, come on. That's like, the problem? Let them just run out the clock at this point. That's, okay. that's where you're at for the May vibes. Okay, okay, smart. It's not you, it's the calendar. But also, don't don't, don't try again, I guess. <laughs> no, you <laughs> should just show up learn. at the school. <laughs> I like, need to here. talk to that's these That's what kids. Jacob does. When he says yeah. he speaks <laughs> to high school classes, he's just showing up to different... <laughs> Teachers yeah, and security I, guards I love stand when random strangers... Just outside the window, and he talks to the class. Uh, Scooboo wrote in of course they say there's been a surge of great remasters and remakes lately and one game I was hoping might get a shiny makeover was Brutal Legend although it became sad mm. when I realized that this is extremely unlikely due to the number of licensed music tracks in the game do you think Brutal Legend is stranded on PS3 and Xbox 360 forever technically it's on Steam too I guess but I bet I could see not a, I could see a, a Double Fine has been really good about doing that about um, taking their Games back yeah. and just like and you know upraising it um, to release on something like an eternal platform like Steam or something like that. But um, I don't know. That was EA, right? Yeah. Uh, who published that? So that probably makes it a lot trickier. Um, maybe well, if somebody somebody that somebody knows, like what happened with Disney, you know, ends up standing there, who cares about that kind of stuff? I, I could see it. I could see it happening. Well, I thought it was interesting in the. Psych Odyssey documentary. Uh, sorry for bringing it up, everybody. But there's that moment where they talk about after the acquisition, they had to like dig through all the paperwork and stuff. And they said, right. like, we needed to actually we we thought we owned Brutal Legend fully, like from EA at this point, but they're like, actually, we weren't quite sure we needed to find the actual signatures that confirmed that. So I guess that confirms that maybe EA isn't in the picture anymore, or maybe they couldn't find that paperwork and they still are. Like, who the hell knows? Forgot That's about a, that, yeah. It's a game that I've always wanted to go back to but i do think that the same thing would happen to me trying to replay it has happened the first time which is i would get three hours in and be like this is neat and then not play it anymore yeah i started it again a while ago because i bought my ps3 for that game i was so excited for it um and i started it years ago again and like it's one of those games like the first hour i was like this is a hall of fame this is so Mm. damn good and then the rts stuff starts and i'm a big rts defender but it's just like not here, not I, now, but genuinely what I want. Uh, my dream game, there's a bunch of them, but I would love hey, for Double Fine to make like a pure RTS in the Brutal Legend world. Like make it a throwback, make, put three people on it, make it look like Warcraft 2, I don't care. But just to have hmm. like that theme and that world, but just actually make it feel like a simplified RTS with a mouse and keyboard, I think it'd be so cool. 
when I first bought my PS3, I forgot about this until just now. I I purchased it with two games. It was the first like console that I had ever bought myself. Um, and I got Uncharted 2 and Brutal Legend. And uh, then two days later, I returned Brutal Legend and Ooh. I got Borderlands. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was like I was I was really excited for that, and I picked it up, and I was like. I don't think this is the the next gen experience I'm looking for. Yeah, this stuff. Uh, let's see. Great intro. That game has like an all timer yep. intro, like the very yeah. start of that game. Just so interesting, clever, creative, well done. But yeah. Uh, Ari Torben writes in and says, hey, everybody, uh, we all know the Nintendo DS had many great names whose subtitles started with the letters D and S. How many can you name? You mean mm. that ended with DS? Uh, not like deadly a, silence. Exactly. Like, uh, oh. Resident Evil, deadly silence. Yep, you got that one. What else can you remember? Uh, was Double Dash ported to the DS? <laughs> no, that's, that's kind of a mess. Yeah. Uh, Castlevania. Remember? No. Donna Sorrow. Donna Sorrow. Way to go. Ninja Gaiden. Prompt, prompt me. I yep, can get yep. some. Uh, Ninja Gaiden. De- death. Slicer, Devil Death Survivor? Slicer. Oh, hang on, Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Survivor. You got that? Uh, Ninja I'm Gaiden. Because I'm just looking at my shelf. <laughs> I don't know these otherwise. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden, Dragon Sword. I feel like that was one of those that, like, oh, I think one of them gave yeah, a really good review. You didn't even notice? It was like, oh, oh yeah, wait, that was that actually sounded didn't like stick out like a sore thumb, and you're like, oh, they did it because of the DS thing, which yeah. is usually. Usually how it happened. Why? You've probably named some games, Mark. Why did everybody do this? Is it just fun? Is it advantageous in any way? Good question. No, I I think just uh, probably a couple games sold well early on that had done it. And so maybe people were like, hey, it's a thing. We should do the thing. I, I don't know. It makes no <laughs> sense at all. Now that, you, now that you put it that way, it's kind of like. Yeah, wait, why the hell? You know, it was like Super Nintendo. A lot of those games had yeah. Super I kind of get that. It makes it feel like a better game. It's just an archaic game. thing, I guess, that was yeah. left over for the DS, but more subtly, because I didn't really notice that or perceive it until this exact moment. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, yeah was... again, DS, by then, like, I, we got like four games, and they didn't have DS in them, so I didn't notice oh. that this was a thing that people did. Uh, there's, of course, uh, Advance Wars, Dual Strike, Lunar Dragon Song, Tenchu, Dark Secret, Mr. Driller, Drill Spirit, Bleach, colon, Dark Souls... That's weird. Uh, <laughs> Peggle, Dual Shot, Digimon Story, Dream Salon, uh, Betty Boops, Double Shift, Bubble Bobble, Double Shot, Guilty Gear, Dust Strikers is the full lineup. There These all go. sound like questionably good games, so it feels like they were using like the DS as like an SEO situation. <laughs> it's unclear. <laughs> I think Dream Salon, it might be all right, Sarah. We can play it for New Show Plus. What was that mm. Betty Boop game called? Oh, you know, Betty Boop Double Shift? <laughs> Betty Boop, you know. Betty Boop yeah. Double Shift is like the something DS I'm going some... to say in like hospice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, awful. All right. Uh, Mark, you're a guest of honor. What do you like for question of the week? Which question stood out? Who's the coolest? Oh, boy. Wow. They were uh, that that DS question. I mean, it was just last in my head. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of sticks out. Yeah, I don't want to choose any of the ones that were directed uh, at me. So yeah, I, I never thought about that DS thing. And also the games you just I, or I for some reason I remember thinking a lot of like well regarded big titles did that. But then you read the list and I guess I was mistaken uh, um, a little bit. Yeah, uh, all right. like one first party title, only one uh, Nintendo game, and maybe that was even an accident. Uh, <laughs> 
could be. It's weird. All right, Ari Torben, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, you just won Mega Man X Legacy cartridge from I'm 8-Bit. I will reach out to you on Patreon after the podcast. Uh, now it's time for a segment that we call Get a Load of This. There's a jingle playing you can't hear, Mark. Nice. Uh, you got something to share, Mark? Are you tight on time? How you doing? Oh, I, I do. I don't know if this is uh, appropriate or like works well uh, with the format and what have you. But sure. um, maybe I found this interesting. Maybe, maybe Sarah, you'll find this interesting. Anybody who thinks about social media content, um, God help you. But uh, if, uh, <laughs> if you find yourself doing that sometimes. Recently, the NFL schedules were announced, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can think of a more boring uh, amount thing of content to just get out there. Hey, here's our NF. Here are the teams that our team will be playing and the dates that they will be playing. Right. It's a very functional dry, just bunch of information, but I was very impressed and struck by how few of the different teams handled. I don't know if you guys saw these. There was one, the chargers did this is the second year they did an anime. What? Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 did their it had a lot of Easter eggs in it. Like they referenced a lot of like popular all... anime, like Chainsaw Man. Yes. Wow, the Dallas Lions were a little like Pochita, which was really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a crazy amount of in jokes, both to anime fans and to NFL fans. So if you're only one or the other, you'd actually be really, really into this. It's incredibly clever, really, really well done, really funny. Um, another team, I think it was the Tennessee Titans, did a um, man on the street thing where they yeah. showed the logo of the teams that they would be playing and asked people. It was basically like wrong answers only who the team was that they were playing. And the joke is nobody knew any of them and what Perfect. they say. It, it's like describing a Simpsons episode is not funny at all when I'm here doing it on a podcast. But just go all see right. the tweet. Love it, and it's incredibly, incredibly well done. Really, really laugh out loud, funny. Whether you give a crap about football, or not, and and yeah, I thought that was the ultimate thing, which was wow. Okay, they made this appeal to a giant range of people. Whether you care about football, even if you care about football, do I care about the schedule of the Tennessee Titans or the Chargers? No, not at all. Right, but right, like right. here, I am talking about it on a podcast uh, to. Uh, and tens and hundreds of thousands of, of <laughs> that's of right that's Patreon. right thousands of people and that's uh, <laughs> what a social media marketing manager does is they make gold out of that maybe that's right exactly they spin that they spin that straw into gold that's right mm-hmm. uh hey get a load of this here's a weird quick thing um there's an episode of fresh air for all you dorks out there uh, that i really enjoyed recently i feel like half might get a load of this or just terry gross interviews but there's an episode of <laughs> fresh air where uh henry grabar who wrote a book called paved paradise and it's all about parking lots and how society oh, I, has been Ooh. Just before this, I was listening to a episode of 99% Invisible that was also about this book. Okay, great. So he said uh, in this interview, quote, one thing you should understand about airports is that parking revenue is often the largest single source of income for airports. I mean, more oh. than the planes themselves. They're essentially giant profitable parking garages with a sort of side hustle in aviation. Which wow, I had never okay. thought of before. But what a weird idea! So parking, everybody—that's where the money is. Uh, Sarah, you got something? I do. Uh, get a load of this. Nicholas Cage is going to be in Dead by Daylight. Yeah, what the hell? What? But what Playing is he? himself? What? Do you I, I, say it's like it's his most important role or something? Where it was the joke? Yeah, yeah, his most important role. 
Hey, I saw something recently on, on Nicolas Cage that I think explained a lot of the last five years of Nicolas Cage to me, which <laughs> maybe everybody else already knew this, but he was on, I think it was 60 Minutes. He fell into like incredible, incredible, deep, deep debt. Yeah. We, we all know this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knew this except for me. So that explains a lot of know his decisions. Not that Dead by Daylight is not great, <laughs> like AAA, you know, star making power or uh-huh. anything like that of the sort. But um, yeah, that explained a lot of his movie choices, I guess, to me of the last five I years. I just can't imagine being approached and being like, I'm, I'm assuming he's a killer in Dead by Daylight and not a survivor. But like, imagine being approached and being like, hey, do you want to be a killer in our video game? You put people on giant meat hooks. Well, I mean, have they, get, that's a good question, though. Is I mean, when you've sold, stop selling, I, you know, I like when I read that it hasn't said it. I'm double checking. I assumed he was the killer. And this one was like, is he a survivor? And I was like, why wouldn't he be a killer? Like after Nick Cage, they should do Shia LaBeouf as a killer. Like, <laughs> you didn't get the song and everything. Yeah. The cannibal Shia LaBeouf. I, <laughs> yeah. I have to Without say, that, don't even bother. I find his character model very uh, off-putting because it's like they, yeah they, his his face is not de-aged but his hair is and so it's like his beard is like perfectly dark in a wow. way that i just like mm-hmm. know is not the case it's, he got some just it's a very ends. strange like version of nick cage in terms of uh yeah. era yep it's it's like modeled after old nick cage pushing his limit of trying to look like young Nick Cage. You're like, and snapshot there, and then that's what we're modeling. I, I mean, he seems like he has, like, a lot of eyeliner on. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's just kind of the lighting well, of the, the trailer. Because he's, he's, he's a killer, evil. right? Like, right, right, right. He, Interesting. Uh, Jacob, you got one? Uh, yeah, sorry to not have a fun one. <laughs> no, but, uh, man. Get a load of this. Uh, North Carolina passed a, a super restrictive abortion law today, and it uh, it sucks. Um, so, uh, this is not MinMax, this is just me, but, uh, if, if MinMax people, uh, want to donate to the Carolina Abortion Fund, which I encourage them to, uh, just DM me your receipt for that and I'll match it for, sweet. I I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. I don't know, but it's just, it's like, I don't know if anyone's been keeping up with this, but there was like, there was a woman who was voted in as a Democrat who just decided that she was switching parties, like, a couple weeks ago and then because of her this new law is passed and it's just like what what are we doing like what a a majority of people want abortion to be free and easily accessible uh and instead we're doing this so uh i don't know do do what you can and give money if uh if you don't want to do something more uh more involved there we go there's links below for everything there uh janet you got one yeah, I get a lot of this shifting gears dramatically. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. To, no, it's not. It's like totally like an. I mean, I I totally agree with you. So I think it's an important thing to draw attention to. Which is funny when I have my get a lot of this, which is a few weeks ago. I had alluded to the fact that um, how do I say this? Ben, you need to edit this out. That when when you can show when people can show their dick, they'll show their dick. Uh-huh. And I mentioned the Uno game and the article on it, and I I forgot about it. And I talked about that pillow instead. So my get a lot of this is the 2016 explainer on Kotaku by none other than Patrick Klepek, oddly enough. Wow. This is that time Xbox 360's Uno game was flooded with dick pics. And yeah, it's basically just if you let people turn their camera on when they're playing Uno, they're going to whip it out and it's going to happen pretty frequently. So if you're looking for more details on that weird era of gaming and why it's 
dangerous to give people a camera or really again if you let anyone draw a dick somewhere they're going this is the first thing people did in tears of the kingdom right oh, sports no. of the game they're building oh, like these big no. flaming dick machines you know oh. so uh, <laughs> links below for all this stuff we had a internally we had a, a metric on um to, to bring it back to oh yeah the uh, levels huma- i'm sure humanity yeah it was yeah ttd time to dong we were like okay mm-hmm. how long is it going to take for people to do this and how are we going to handle it and take it down and uh didn't didn't leo whatever. make that exact or i think he said ttp in the, the deepest, deepest dive which was instantaneous <laughs> how long did it take mark before the first dong level so, so uh, knock on wood, as far as I know, we have not had one yet and did not right, have sorry, one. I'm booting up humanity yeah. right now. Get to a community. <laughs> extremely suspicious I don't know if that's more me. a statement about, yeah, about how many people are playing the game or <laughs> if that's a, a, a statement about anything else. But also, I apologize for not saying, apparently, like, get a load of this. Can it was we, offensive. Can we go back here? That's okay. I'm going to do some galley work. post. Get a load of this. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, hey, get a load of this from the community in the Discord. There's a whole channel where people just share super interesting little tidbits. It's it's better than Twitter, everybody. Go check out that channel in the Discord. Um, so Nick from Atlanta shared this tweet from Merriam-Webster. I have never heard of this. And the tweet said, hey, ding-dongs, let's have a chit-chat about ablaut reduplication. Does anybody know what this is? No. Uh, Merriam-Webster says, if you have three words, the order usually goes... I-A-O, as in tic-tac-toe. If there are only two words, I is the first, and the second is either A or O, as in click-clack, King Kong. It seems to be a rule we all just know. They say, it's the reason why these don't feel quite right. Hop-hip, raff-riff, spot-spit, flop-flip, zag-zig, ross-rick, Everything has to go in order of abluent reduplication. They say many brand names oh. utilize our subconscious affinity for the rule to their advantage, like KitKat, uh, Ziploc, TikTok, Yik Yak, Tic Tac, mm. Ping Pong, TiVo. Abluent reduplication is so pervasive it even occurs in phrases like Big Bad Wolf, Live Laugh Love, Tick Tick Boom. Oh, that count. Oh, I never thought of that as like a letter oh. thing. I thought of it as I've heard the like size um color you know like that you know right. big orange dog doing, instead of orange yeah. big oh, exactly. oh yeah, i don't know that exactly. thing weird but apparently you, this is that's a crazy if that you too. list like 30 adjectives there's a right way and a wrong way to do them in english that you don't even realize and this is the stuff yeah when you like i'm sorry anybody who has to learn english as a second language because oh my holy God. crap <laughs> it's filled it's mm-hmm. filled with those kind of crazy ass things but what's um what's the last japanese epiphany you had with the language of like, what is this? I never knew this was a thing. Um, here's a, uh, this is not a recent one, but I'm curious if you knew this, Sarah, this is kind of a fun one, you know, skosh, like, Oh, I just want to skosh more. Give me the, yeah. the skosh more cream cheese or whatever. That's, that's Japanese. That's from skoshi. Oh, that, really? that was brought back after the war from, so skoshi oh, is just a that. little bit. And yeah, it's like such a, like a Midwestern slang thing. That's not really even that, well used. I, I assumed it was like Yiddish or something. Like, yeah, I had no idea. I yeah, it just sounds like it came from somewhere else, but that actually came from after the war. So that's sweet. Uh, all right, that's it, everybody, for this episode of the Minmax Show. Uh, thank you all for watching or listening. Mark McDonald, thanks for being here for waking up early in Japan, man. I just want to say thank you. Seriously, thank you so much for having me. Everything I really appreciate um, the the your guys thoughts about humanity and also i wanted to say uh, very sincerely ben congratulations to you that's really super exciting i'm really happy for you also that you get to take that time and uh 
do that. And um, as dad, I'm going to give you like uh, advice that you didn't ask for because yeah. that's kind of uh, that. That's what we do. But I, I, I urge you uh, on another podcast talking about like, oh, I'm so excited for them to be talking and blah 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 blah. And like, you're going to hear this a lot as well. But like, don't like don't. You, as soon as it goes to the next step, you're going to miss the last step. So you're going to miss it when, oh, it's, it's going to be great when he or she is walking. Have you said? Have yeah, you it's a baby boy. If it's, yeah. Good boy. So when, when he is walking, oh, it's going to be so great. Then you kind of miss when they were only crawling. And, oh, it's great when they're not going to be eating baby food anymore. It's such a pain in the ass. And then you miss whatever. Like all of life, it, you miss it once it's gone. And so, yeah, as much as you can. Favorite. I'm so glad that you get to to take the time and you're prioritizing. That's that's really really cool. So congratulations to you, and um, yeah, everybody else. If any of you ever need the, the Japan correspondent or somebody mm. to fill in while Ben is gone, you guys have a deep bench. But um, happy to anybody from foreplay. We can do a special crossover episode or yes, what have you. Please, um, please do or it. Or again, again, company credit card. <laughs> out to japan while ben is away and we can just do it in person that offer stands sweet that sounds great all right thank you so much everybody and thank you to everybody who supports us on patreon especially folks at that 50 dollars tier uh mark they can choose any game under the sun and be declared the champion of it officially and it's in the description for every oh. next video and podcast so of course uh, tokyo game life chose kirby tilt and tumble they're the champion of that. Cute. Zachary Pliggy is the champion of Superman 64. Trampoline Tales is the champion of Luck Be a Landlord, a game they made, which feels like cheating, but I guess that's fair. Patrick Polk is rock, is the champion of Rockstar Games Presents Table Tennis. And Rabid Lime, out of any game ever made, they chose to be declared the champion of Shower With Your Dad Simulator 2015, colon, Do You Still Shower With Your Dad? Uh, so congratulations, Rabbit Line. No one will question you are the champion of that game now and forever. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Be good, have fun. Let's go. Bye.